With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com. And be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness, and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, you know, we have a really fun show for you today. My guest is Karen Page, and Karen and her husband, Andrew Dornberg, create cookbooks that become classics. Not only are these books collected and read by home chefs, but used by master chefs around the world. They're out with their new, already bestseller, new cookbook, Kitchen Creativity, unlocking the culinary genius with wisdom, inspiration, and ideas from the world's most creative chefs. We're going to get Karen on the phone. We're going to come back and talk about creativity. So get your creativity brains going, and we'll be right back with Karen Page. People dying everywhere, no one seems to care. We walk right by the sense of dies and deny like nothing's there. Now life's gonna be myself and die. It would only take a hands off and covered eyes. Our, our hearts are stone, might start to cry. It's not in my backyard. Lost this little way. You can't let down your guard. You better play and stay. I fall into someone else's bad day. Sorry, I can't stay. It's not in my backyard. No, 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 no. Just got the news she was only too. A precious life won't get kissed tonight. I guess you win some, some you lose. Catch your smiles dramatically, pauses a while, and moves on to the next story just for you. Tell me again, what would Jesus do? In fact, what would you do? It's not in my backyard, so I just look away. Can't let down your guard, you better play and save. Or you might fall into someone else's bad day. Sorry, I can't. Not in my backyard, no. Living the dream while Africa screams, we bow and kneel and pray and say, God, bless the USA, let freedom reign. Forty million dead while we sleep in our beds, eight thousand a day we let pass away as death runs through their veins. Not in my backyard, so I just look 
kind, Lori. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. I, I wanted to ask you, when, when you and Andrew produce something and give it to the world like the Flavor Bible, and it becomes this massive hit, and it, it ends up becoming one of the, really the world's top 10 cookbooks of the century, Forbes magazine says, does, does that put an added pressure on you for your next babies that, that you're going to produce and, and send out to the world? <laughs> well, you use the term babies, and I think that that's sort of how we think of our books. We love them all. Um, some have been more worldly successful than others, and others maybe a little less. Some maybe a little more intellectual than others, and some with a broader uh, appeal. So um, I think like your kids, you don't think of them as different. You love each of them for what they are. And I think with every new book we try to write, um, we approach it with um, a love for the topic. Um, a sincere uh, exploration of a particular theme or area and it let the book evolve into what it's meant to be. And so um, it's really, um, uh, we, we love them all for different reasons and they it really, it's, it's amazing how they all come from the same two people and yet they're each incredibly different. Absolutely, just like children, raised by the same parents. Just like but children. <laughs> <laughs> well, this the the kitchen creativity book is really amazing, and it has a different tone. It's a fun book, um, and I, I think it took you and Andrew four years to complete it. But I, I will tell you, it the, the spirit of the book seems like this was a much more fun, light lighter look at at food and the creating in the kitchen process. 
was it or, or... I am so glad you said okay. that Lori because I think that was exactly um, the intention was it to be I think joyful is the word that we would use we want you know if you've paid attention to the headlines over the last few months you've seen that there was a major study that was done that said only one in ten Americans actually enjoys the process of cooking and it seems a little antithetical when you turn on the TV and you see all these cooking shows and there's you know, so much love of food, but I think love of cooking is a very different thing. And I think part of the problem is that the fun has been taken out of cooking. We've become too recipe dependent. And we think that if we don't have that eighth of a teaspoon of that certain ingredient that's called for in a recipe, then forget about it. It's going to be a complete and dismal failure. And I think that's not true. I think what we hoped with Kitchen Creativity is to create a book that really inspires people to have fun and to play in the kitchen to, and to bring the joy back to the cooking process. And the process of sharing with food is one of the great pleasures that we have as human beings. And so to be able to make that process of creating meals often three times a day um, more pleasurable, it's absolutely a goal of the book and something that was greatly um, enhanced by the ability to speak with dozens and dozens of the world's most creative chefs who are incredibly inspiring people. Andrew and I learned so much from them and there's, we realize there's so much that our readers can learn from them about bringing their joy, their natural joy and passion to the process of cooking. Absolutely. And I, I, I think a lot of home chefs don't realize in, in cooking, you have a lot more liberty than you do in baking. And in baking, you really yes. just about have to stick to the recipe. But in cooking, can divert off of that recipe, and, and, and we can make our own spin on things. And that's where I really love what you did with this book because you, you talk about tapping into our own creativity, giving us tips for that, un unlocking that, trusting ourselves, kind of holding our hand al along the way. You give some really great examples talking to these chefs on on ideas that they had, and, and they were courageous enough to not censor their, themselves in, in, the, in the cooking process. And, and I think a lot of times we self-censor um, ourselves in many ways, uh, and it also comes across while we're cooking as well. And, and, and to go out and get these stories, and I want you to talk about some of those, but you know, these, these chefs talk about how they stay creative, how they keep that edge, where, whether it's through meditation or running or um, travel, they, 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 they have this balance. And, and a lot of times, that's how we all get creative, but we always can't do that. And so that's where this book really comes in handy and it, it helps us get out of the box, I guess, so to speak, without having to take a trip to Italy or, or, or go off to Turkey or, you know, or, or uh, go to France or something like that. Yeah, it's really this process of being alive to the fullest. And I think chefs are those creative professionals in the world today who I think really exemplify living to the fullest. They're such sensual beings where they're very much in touch with their outer senses. You know, their sense of taste and smell is obviously really well developed and they, their sense of touch, which gives them this uh, appreciation for textures in food, but also sight, which makes allows them to make beautiful food. And um, so they're very much involved in the world of the senses, but what we found is that these periods of exploration, of stimulation, of travel, like you mentioned, or dining out, or reading, or other sources of 
uh, inspiration to chefs. Many of them are passionate um, musicians or music appreciators or art appreciators. So they were kind of going out into the world, experiencing it to its fullest, but then they also have these periods of retreat where they go within. And many of them, as you mentioned, are meditators. They're serious yogis, uh, yoga practitioners like Rick Bayless, who's been doing yoga for over 20 years. We've known Rick that long. We hadn't known he'd been doing yoga that long. A book where we actually talked to him about that practice and how it influences his ability to be creative as a chef. Uh, same with Eric Repair. We have a two-page spread in Kitchen Creativity that talks with Eric Repair about his very serious Buddhist meditation practice, which allows him to go within and to tap his creativity. And he sees that as such an important part of his creative process that he will not be disturbed during his meditative processes. You know, his, his wife knows not to walk into the room. The cat knows not to walk into the room. It's really a, a sacred time for him to, because he realizes that in order for any of us to be creative, to get ideas, where do those ideas come from? They don't come from the outside the external world, they come from our internal world, where we're allowed to um, finally kind of go in and find those ideas that are stimulated within us based on the external stimulation we've been exposed to. But if we don't take that very crucial time to stop and go within, you can't come up with new ideas because that's where the new idea, that's where you're going to find the new ideas. Um, it's based on what we do in our minds and within ourselves based on memories, based on experiences that we've had in the external world. We come up with new desires. It's like, well, yeah, I had a bagel, but I didn't have um, a bit, you know, I want, I had to choose between onion and poppy seed and garlic when what I really wanted was all, all of the above. Well, that's the kind of thinking and internal contemplation that leads to the creation of the everything bagel and the everything bagel evolves into chefs being inspired by, you know, but that both and concept of the onion and the garlic and the poppy seeds and the sesame seeds. And they're, they're throwing that in as a seasoning in dishes, whether on popcorn or, on different dishes that they're serving in Michelin-starred restaurants. So we're at this point in time where, where things keep evolving, but it's based on internal desires. You know, what do I want? What do I crave? How can I make that desire come true in the world and come up with a new dish that, does, that didn't exist yesterday that I can enjoy today? Well, that's what I really love about the book is because it's like you and Andrew and, and these chefs are, are giving the reader – permission to step out it's so easy to get trapped inside the box because everyone has busy lives you have jobs or kids or family or you have these demands going on all the time and it's very hard for us day in day out to be creative and so and you talk about how mistakes it's okay to make mistakes because some of the 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 the, the most um legendary food that, that chefs have made have come out of a mistake. And so for us not to worry about those, those types of things, I want to talk about, there's no recipes in this book. It's all about creativity and encouragement and joy and finding how to get there. And, and, and you give us a roadmap, really. There's about dreaming about food or obsessing about food and journaling about food and writing these little things down. And, and you, you may have these spurts of creativity. Um, and so you can write them down in, in the journal or, or maybe you pin them on, on Pinterest or, or how, however you, you need to get there. You plan or take notes. And, and, and then at that time when you really want to get into the kitchen, 
you, you have all of these little little gems from your brain that, that, that came through. I would never even have thought of that type of thing, but, but it just makes sense. It, it's so simple. And I, I think we miss the simplicity of things when we're really busy. And that's where this book is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's really worth its weight because it's just, um, it just opens your mind and it's so freeing and it's so fun. Oh, and I have to say, and I'm going to give you time to talk, but I'm so excited about this book that the pictures in it are that, that Andrew took are just amazing. It only, it only heightens the, the whole experience of this whole creativity theme that, that, that you have running through the book uh, with these tips and pictures and photos and, and stories. And it's, it's, I mean, you did an amazing job on, on putting this book together. Oh, that's so kind of you to say. Thank you so much. And and I'm equally excited about it. So I'm fine to let you uh, speak about your own experience because really that's what this book is. I think this book is different um, based on the person who's reading it because it's all about the interactive process of you as a human being, as a reader, picking up this book and being and encountering some of the best ideas of the most creative chefs in the world today and seeing what that spurs in you, seeing what ideas that it, it spurs for a new dish or a new dessert, or a new drink, or something else altogether. And I think it's that is the creative process, is that interactivity. Um, you know, our, a lot of our readers have used it that used the, our book, The Flavor Bible, that way. They'll be inspired to put two flavors together or three flavors together that they've never thought to combine before. Um, based on that inspiration, but their dish is going to be completely unique to them and completely creative because it came from their own efforts. And the same is true with kitchen creativity. It's essentially the flavor Bible. And in fact, the second half of the book is laid out the same way as the flavor Bible with that three column format that's familiar to our readers um, in an A to Z fashion. But um, we focus in kitchen creativity about everything other than flavor. So instead of looking up A to Z, looking up apples to zucchini and finding the herbs, spices, and other seasonings that best enhance their flavor, as is the case in the Flavor Bible, what we have in Kitchen Creativity is topics to really spur thought. So under A, you'll find things like Alice in Wonderland, and under L, you'll find Leonardo da Vinci, or um, in Y, you'll find yoga. You'll find different ideas to spur um, creativity in the kitchen and to understand how different leading chefs, some of the most creative chefs in the world, have used those concepts to spur their own creativity. We've got a section under L on lactose intolerant, which I happen to be, which in fact 70% uh, of the world's population is estimated to be lactose intolerant. But what happens when you, I was at a Mexican restaurant last night, I love Trey's leche cake. It's, it's a classic uh, made from three milks. And um, what was wonderful was going to Rick Bayless's restaurant in Chicago, Topola Bumpo, and discovering he'd come up with a tres leche cake made not from the typical whole milk, evaporated milk, and sweetened condensed milk, but instead from coconut milk, almond milk, and rice milk. So it was a completely vegan dessert that could be that was just as creamy, just as luscious, just as delicious, but could be enjoyed by a whole host of people, even if they were lactose intolerant. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. You can get lost in, in uh, this book for hours. I mean, I, I found myself just, I mean, time just stopped when, when I was going through Kitchen Creativity because there's just so much, it's such a joy. You, it's it's not like um, 
a planning or work or anything, looking through it, it's just so enjoyable. Like I said, you just get carried away for hours. And I really feel like it should be bundled with the flavor Bible because then you can go, well, this flavor goes with that flavor, but then how can I get creative with these two ingredients that, that, that I, I know are going to go together. And so I, I've, I've, I've confirmed in the flavor Bible that, that these flavors go together. Now, what can I do with it? So if, if um, people are, are gift giving, which I am a huge, huge uh, uh, believer in giving books like these uh, cookbooks and then combining with spices or a pan or a spatula or something to, to someone is a, is a fantastic gift. I would also recommending the flavor Bible and cre- uh, kitchen creativity as a bundle to give to somebody, whether it be graduation or a birthday or Christmas or the holidays or wh- whatever you're celebrating uh, a home. Uh, a lot of people are buying new homes right now. It's a great um, housewarming gift, but um they, they they go together so well, and all of your books are are like that. They're very user friendly. They encourage. There's a lot of encouragement in it. Uh, but with the creativity book, because there's not recipes, I guess, in it. Um, it's just this whole creative process. It's just idea after idea after idea. And then when you point it out, then it. It, it just becomes so, it's like an aha moment. You're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that? It's right there. Yeah, I, I could have easily thought of something like that, but of course you don't. And then you get excited and you go on to the next page and you're like, oh man, another one just like that. And then you actually think you can cook. You're like, you know, I thought of some of these things too. I just never put them into uh, fruition. And I think I, I, I have the power to get in there, you know? So uh, of course you're not going to think of everything that's in the book. Cause there's lots and lots of new things, but every now and then you come across something and you go, oh, I should have trust my instinct on that. And, and and that's where yes. the book really validates that. Yes, it's sort of a portable mentor for the kitchen. You know, I think if you've got the Flavor Bible, either the Flavor Bible or the Vegetarian Flavor Bible, depending on your preference, and you've got Kitchen Creativity and you've got What to Drink with What You Eat, those mm. are the three books that will get you through any menu planning process, any question you have about what goes together, how do you create a menu that really enhances all the flavors on your table, um, they will really spur your creativity and bring them to really a professional world-class level. So it's a it's a nice bundle, I think, of the three together. Absolutely. How do you and Andrew stay creative? Well, we use a lot these days, having had the pleasure of interviewing some of the world's most creative chefs, we use a lot of their techniques. Um, it's only, I think, within the last few years that we've become regular daily meditators. And I don't think that um, we would have, um, you know, we've, we've meditated off and on over many, many years and decades, but to really realize that it's something that you have to stick to every single day um, to, to really have the benefits accumulate in the way that um, they do for someone like Eric Repair, whose restaurant Le Bernardin in New York City was just named the number two restaurant in the world by the French uh, list called La Liste. Um, so that was just, I think, last week that that took place and that he's also his restaurant is also on the world's 50 best restaurants list um i think most people would say that you know the new york times gave it four stars it's it's one of the best restaurants in the world and you understand it on a whole different level when you understand his creative process um the fact that he that all the inputs so for example he gave us we have a list in kitchen creativity of the 20 most recommended books that every serious 
cook should have in on their uh, in their kitchen library. And it's um, you know understanding that those are the kinds of inputs that Eric Repair uses of more than a thousand different cookbooks that he has in his library that he requires his staff to at least pick up and, and flip through at one point or another in Dan's library. That that's the kind of input that he uses to spur the best combinations for the different fish and the different seafood that he, um, I think, cooks better than any other chef in the world. And, and, and you give some examples of in the book of um, shopping like a chef. How do I go out and shop like a chef does? And you kind of work us through that, that process as well. So it, it really starts at the very beginning, putting pen to paper, coming up with the idea, then going out and executing it at, at the shopping list level, bringing it home all the way through to when it's actually plated that, that you talk about as well, plating food. And, and I'll say that it also works vice versa. It's sort of like, you know, do you create the dish around the bottle of wine or do you uh, select a bottle of wine to go with the dish? And I think um, sometimes it's vice versa. It depends on the situation. Some of these ingredients were the best chef's shop, and we've got lists of dozens and dozens of websites and vendors that will ship the ingredients that the world's most creative chefs have determined to be world-class ingredients. They will ship them to you no matter where you live in the United States so that you can work with and be inspired by the same ingredients that the very best chefs are being inspired by and working with. And I think sometimes you'll find an ingredient, you know, say it's, it's the world's best soy sauce or it's the world's best um, barrel aged maple syrup, or it's uh, a wonderful uh, fine ground polenta that the best chefs use. And you'll be inspired by a particular ingredient to then create a dish around it. We had spoken to so many chefs who are enamored with Aquarello risotto, which is an aged risotto. It's been aged at least a year, and it has such a great complexity and nuttiness to it that it's the kind of risotto that you want to let shine as an ingredient as opposed to covering up the flavor of the risotto with too much, uh, I don't know, pesto or Parmesan cheese or something else, you really want to let that flavor of the rice shine through. And so we find ourselves using, um, you know, mushroom stock or veg stock and some uh, wonderful um, wild mushrooms with it um, and kind of letting the rice be an actual ingredient, an actual source of flavor rather than just a flavor platform for other ingredients that might uh, overpower this. So sometimes, again, just the ingredient that they uh, will work with, whether it's, like I said, a great cheese or a great bottle of wine, sometimes that's the star, and that will inspire you to create a dish around that star ingredient. That is absolutely right. And a lot of times we think that everything – that we serve has to be a star, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. And it reminded me when you were talking about that, we were just um, in Hawaii at Peter Merriman's restaurant and he did something with the butter. I don't even know what it was, but he had the best butter I've ever tasted. And I think he, it was like salted and there was something else that I don't know what it was, but I don't even remember anything else I ate. I just don't remember the butter. <laughs> well, we had that experience at Jean-Georges von Richten's restaurant in Paris where we tasted Escheret butter for the first time. And what we found was that it was almost cheese-like because it had a very high uh, fat content. It was salted. It was just, it was its own thing. And a lot of times we think of different ingredients as just being, you know, butter is butter is butter, not 
on your life. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you taste something that really stands out like that, um, it really, you understand that you can be creative just by your selection of ingredients in some cases. Choosing a different butter or a different salt or a different vinegar can really take your dish in a whole other creative direction. Sometimes it's as simple as that. And it's important to remember it's not just about, you know, adding crazy uh, techniques to a dish like foaming them or turning them into caviar spheres, but you can be creative just with your selection of ingredients. Absolutely. That's right. And it's funny because someone had asked me, oh, where'd you guys eat? You know, when I, I'm like, oh, yeah, we ate members. Oh, how was it? What, what should I order? I've always wanted to eat there, but I haven't gone there. I'm like, I don't really know because I the butter, just make sure you get the butter. And they're like, the butter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm really well, is sorry. It, isn't that interesting to, to judge a restaurant, you know, what, what stands out in your memory, you know, months later when you're talking about it. And sometimes it's not a particular dish. It's the butter. And I, I think of Menresa restaurant, which is David Kinch's restaurant in Los Gatos, California. And that is the first thing that comes to mind for me. It was another one of the best butters I'd ever had in my life. And of course, served with a wonderful bread program. And I, you know, we know we had magnificent dishes the night that we were there for dinner, but boy, the butter right. is what comes to mind first. <laughs> and I think that's a compliment to the chef. It shows the level, the degree to which they're really seeking out the very, very, very best ingredients. And if you put yourself into the hands of a great chef, they won't mislead you. I mean, they can't turn off their palates. They are paid professional palates and they're paid professional judges to find and procure the very best ingredients for your pleasure. So it's, it's a whole um, playground and classroom to be able to taste the dishes that meet their very exacting standards. Well, it's it's just incredible that you and Andrew can compile this level of information to hand out not only to chefs around the world, but but to everyday home chefs, home cooks like myself and and so many others. And and you have a huge following, and I know most people probably already know you. But 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 for those who don't, if if I can kind of put it in a little context. Karen and Andrew are kind of like the, the Beatles in, in the cookbook world. So they're like John and Paul, okay? And so they create these <laughs> classic cookbooks that have a level and respect in the industry like like John and Paul of the Beatles. And so when you bring this book in into your home and, it, you know, what if John had given you his notebook or what if uh, Paul had, had given you some of his notes on songs? I mean, you would just devour them. And that's how these are. And, and I just get so excited about them because it's just – so much you've gone out done all the hard work for us uh talking to all of these great minds um your great minds yourself i know andrew's a chef not only is he a photographer but he's a chef and you can combine these in such a creative way that just we just devour every word i want to try to remember everything but that's what the book's for and i, I was telling myself that a few days ago i'm like you don't have to remember you have the book. No one's going to take the book out of your hand, you know? And so I was trying to remember all of these things. And so that is just the wonderful thing about it. It's such a fantastic resource as are any of the other books that, 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 that you have in your stable of books, because every one of them is at this level and they're all fun. They're known around the world. Everybody has them and everybody loves them. And, and I was just so excited probably, as you could tell, maybe over so uh, about Kitchen Creativity, because it was such, and it is such a fun, fun book, and it, it is available now, and, and I just want to thank you and Andrew for just doing, again, just such a wonderful job 
giving these resources to just everyday cooks like like myself and 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 so many others who who are listening well i don't think there's such a thing as being overexcited about a book and if there is then i'm guilty of it too because <laughs> when our editor saw the um the photographs and he saw the, the manuscript for the book he said um i think this might be your best book yet and i don't know that i could contradict him we andrew poured his heart and soul into the photography for the book i poured my heart and soul into the manuscript for the book and we're incredibly we 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 are incredibly in love with this book. So um, we're so grateful to people who are picking it up and being inspired by it. And we apologize to all the professional chefs who find that they're missing the first, you know, 15 minutes of dinner service because they got distracted by reading the bunny, but um, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're apologetic to them for um, when we're trying to inspire their professional development and inspiration and finding them, keep, keeping them away from the kitchen, not such a good thing. So they have to, they have to learn to temper themselves a little bit when they're reading it. Well, Luckily, it's, it's really don't have that same problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really a credit to you and Andrew on how much that they were willing to share their openness in, in this book to let you come in and uh, pick their brain and their, their styles and then share it with all of us it was really r- remarkable. It was so generous. Well, I think chefs are among the most generous professionals that exist. They really are givers. They are, I mean, you look at someone like Jose Andres, who's fed more than 3 million people in Puerto Rico. Um, and it's, um, you know, in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. And chefs throughout history have actually, you know, they fed uh, the, the Irish in, in the um, midst of the Irish potato famine. Today they're uh, feeding um, their countrymen in the aftermath of hurricanes. It's, it, we all take care of one another, and I think chefs exemplify that more than any other profession I can think of, which is why it's such a, an honor and a privilege for me to be able to interview the, the world's best chefs and to really celebrate them and what they do day in and day out. I think it's exemplary. Well, two, two of your uh, cookbooks have already won James Awards. I would be surprised if you have a third coming here in your future, really uh, uh, in the in the near future. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to us about this book. And I really encourage everybody to get it ordered and get it into your home as quickly as possible. And start tapping into your own creativity. And, and Karen, I really appreciate you taking the time to come back again and, and, and talk to us about kitchen creativity. Thank you very much. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Lori. Well, happy holidays to you. And tell Andrew we said happy hi. Happy holidays. Absolutely, I will. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, the book is called Kitchen Creativity, Unlocking Culinary Genius with Wisdom, Inspiration, and Ideas from, from the World's Most Creative Chefs. It's available now. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold. It comes in book form. It comes in Kindle form. Uh, I would bundle it if you're giving it as a gift uh, to someone special with the Flavor Bible and just go at it and uh, just have a lot of fun in the kitchen. Give yourself permission to make mistakes. Um, a great gift for housewarming, great gift for graduation, great gift for Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, or any special occasion. So thank you for joining us. It's always great to have Karen on and go out and make something great and be creative. Have a great day.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.